word of encouragement to somebody today. I believe someone was discouraged, exhausted, weary, and tired when you came into the house of the Lord. And the issue with you was whether you could make it another day, whether you could survive. But I just, I'm here to announce, you can make it. It's going to be all right. The God that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, is going to bring you out. And so would you just shake hands with two people and tell them, God said it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. While you stand, turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 32. Matthew 15 and 32. Also, we're going to Matthew 14 and verse 14. We'll start with Matthew 15, 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. And verse 14 of chapter 14, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desert place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five rolls, five loaves, and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. He commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Jesus was the source of this miracle. The disciples were the channel, the instrument that he used. And it was all about the multitude. It was for the people. And so when you look toward your neighbor and say, neighbor, God wants you to be a channel of blessing. You may be seated. Channels of blessing. Channels of blessing. Approximately 12 times the word compassion is either used by Jesus or by the biblical writers to describe his state of mind in reference to the people. Matthew says that he was moved with compassion. And Jesus himself said, I have compassion on the multitude. Compassion is a sympathetic consciousness of the distress of others, 
Compassion is a desire to alleviate the distress that others might feel. It is that aspect of love that causes one to help the miserable. It is to sense how to be sensitive to their predicament and to their need. God's love through Jesus Christ is the most powerful and transformational force that has ever impacted this earth of ours. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. The love of God is beyond amazing. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What wealthy person would divest himself of all of his wealth for someone else? But yet this is precisely what Jesus Christ has done for us. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so Jesus understands our predicament. He understands what we endure. He cares about us. And his past actions, especially his action on the cross, is an indication of the extreme that Jesus will go to help his children. Romans 8 and 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If you want to know how much Jesus is willing to do for you, if you want to know how much he loves you, Look at Jesus hanging on the cross. And he says, this is how much I love you. And if I will do this for you, I will do anything you need done. So to those who feel alone, to those who feel forgotten, to those who wonder whether God cares and if God cares, whether God can do anything about your predicament, to those of you who may feel lonely and unloved, just know that if Jesus cared enough to die for you, and if you'd been the only sinner on the face of the earth, Jesus would have died for you alone. He loves you just that much. And if he loved you enough to die, then everything else that's for your good and for your benefit He's willing to do. And you ought to shout on that. Clap your hands and give praise to him. Be not dismayed, whatever betide. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. And so in the text that I've read, Jesus performed a miracle that met the physical need of the multitude. And his willingness to meet their physical need is but an indication of his greater willingness to meet our spiritual, our emotional, 
and our mental needs. And you may go to countless other situations and return from them unfulfilled and unsatisfied, but Jesus will not send you away empty. Jesus will not send you away fasting. If you come to Jesus in sincerity, he will meet the deeper needs of your spirit, your mind, and your soul. Jesus said, I will not send them away fasting. Hallelujah. Matthew 5 and 5 or 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The condition is hunger. The condition is thirst. And if you're hungry and if you're thirsty, Jesus said, you shall be filled. Are there any hungry people in the house today? Are there any people who are thirsty for God? The day is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is looking for some worshipers today. And if he finds some worshipers, he will do in their lives what needs to be done for them. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And he cannot give you abundant life without meeting the needs of your spirit and of your soul. Money, physical pleasure, earthly success do not bring peace and inner fulfillment. Only Jesus can bring peace and inner fulfillment. Oh God, our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. And so Jesus had compassion on the multitude. He was responsive to their situation. Number one, they were in the wilderness. And number two, they had an inadequate food supply in the wilderness. And they probably would have collapsed in the wilderness without finding needed nourishment. What a realistic picture of our present day world this presents. Because we too are in a wilderness. Violence, crime, lawlessness seem to be flourishing. Decency, virtue, morality seem to have been left far behind us, right, wrong, good, bad, really don't seem to play much of a part in the lives of many people on the face of the earth. And I tremble when I think of the kind of world that my eight grandchildren are going to have to live in and grow up in because it seems like the world is getting worse and worse every day. We are in a wilderness, wars and rumors of wars breaking out all over the world. And I'm concluding that some societies, some people, some elements in our world love war, love fight. They, they go to war at the drop of a hat. They kill their fellow men with relish and with pleasure. We live in a wilderness. But not only is this multitude a picture of us today because they were in the wilderness, they represent men today because they were suffering from lack of nourishment and would soon have collapsed without food. Now, uh, we are physically very well fed. Physically, some of us are too well fed. 
but I'm talking about mental and spiritual malnutrition where people are plagued by a variety of emotional maladies and deficiencies where they are so dry, drained that they break down under the strain, where they're so desperate that they will try almost anything in their search for that which will satisfy. And I'm talking to somebody uh, today who is so troubled and so unhappy that you seem to be on the verge of collapse. But I want you to know today that Jesus cares. Jesus is moved with compassion about what you face and what you endure. I want you to know beyond that, that he is able to give you contentment in the midst of your wilderness. Look toward your neighbor and say, neighbor, in the midst of your wilderness, Jesus will take care of you and meet your need. The multitude was in the wilderness. They were hungry. And they, like many today, had nothing with which to sustain themselves. We we're more educated, more wealthy, more liberated than ever before. Yet we're more wicked and more confused than ever before. All that we have cannot and will not sustain us because our problem goes much deeper than the level of the physical or the material. The problem is in the heart of men. And the problem is called sin, and sin brings sorrow, and sin brings death. And sin can only be dealt with by Jesus Christ. I said sin can only be dealt with by Jesus Christ. We're limited in insight. We're limited uh, in wisdom. We are prone to error. We are prone to mistakes. We are quick to misunderstand and to offend. We are in the flesh, and the flesh can only produce the wicked works of the flesh. We need some input from the spiritual word, we, world. We need input from the outside. And Jesus said, you must be born again, born of the water and born of the Spirit. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And so the disciples, looking at the situation, realizing they had only two fish and five rolls, and realizing that the multitude was going into the third day in the wilderness, without food provided for them, they formed a strategy committee to deal with the problem. They said, we're not going to bother Jesus with this. We're going to figure out what needs to be done, and then we're going to ask Jesus to do it. So they analyzed their situation. They took an inventory of their resources. They looked at the condition, and the committee came to a conclusion and went to Jesus with the committee report. Lord, this is a deserted place. It's a desert place, and there's no food. They've been with us a long time without any food. Lord, we've decided that you should send the multitude away, that they may go and buy some food for themselves. How strange it was that they would make this recommendation to Jesus when Jesus was the one who said, Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will 
give you rest. Jesus said, I have compassion. They said, send the multitude away that they may go and buy food for themselves. What a contrast. But yet, if it was left to many of us today, we would be sending people away also. People who would come to God would be sent away. It's almost as if there are unofficial rejection committees in the church. Ask your neighbor, are you a member of the unofficial rejection committee? We send them away when we take the light of the gospel and hide it under the bushel of our selfishness, pride, and inefficiency. We send them away when we're so involved in doing our thing that we fail to make our worship relevant and meaningful to those who come to us. We send them away when we have make-do service and sing music with a beat and no message and get so lost in our emotions that those who don't know the Lord don't know what we're doing or what's going on. We send them away when we're more concerned about perpetuating our organizations and our personal careers than we are about communicating to them the love of Jesus Christ. We send them away when our lives are so unlike the gospel that we proclaim that they can't reconcile our lives with the word of God. We send them away when they come to us for love and receive condemnation, jealousy, envy, and division instead. We send them away when we're so busy enjoying one another that we don't have the, 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 the courage to extend our hand to a brother, a sister, a man, a woman who is coming to the house of the Lord broken and hurting to heal them and lift them up. We send them away. I said we send them away when we try to decide who is sincere and who's not sincere. Who qualifies? Who does not qualify? We look at folk and say, well, this one's going to make it. That one's not going to make it. Listen, we don't want that one here. We want that one. To, that, that one is never going to do any better or become any more than they are right now. Listen, we are so hard on folk. If people were as hard on you as you are on other people, you would never have made it into the kingdom. So why don't you look over to somebody and tell them, don't send them away. Tell your neighbor, don't send them away. Don't sit on the aisle and then get mad whenever somebody has to cross over you. Have some of the meanest looking people on the aisle. They have that look on their face. I'm guarding this aisle and I'm going to keep everybody out of this row that I can. Look at somebody and tell them, if you're on the aisle, you've got a responsibility. You're the usher for that aisle. Somebody comes to you, you need to step out into the aisle and usher them in and help them find a seat. I said, looking like you've been eating persimmons and lemons and lime coming to the house of the Lord and someone broken, wounded, and hurting tries to find their way into the church to hear the Lord and see the Lord, and you do everything to block them and to stop them. No, don't send them away. Jesus said, they need not depart. You give them something to eat. Go look at your neighbor and say, they need not depart. 
You give them something to eat. Uh-huh. The disciples said, Lord, we have here only two fish and five rolls. Jesus commanded the disciples to do something that they could not do. And we today must never feel that we alone or even together can do what God has commanded us to do. We cannot do it. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Get rid of that pride, that sense of adequacy. Makes you feel like you're so great and you're all that. You're nothing without Jesus Christ. But he said, if you abide in me, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. With Jesus Christ in your life, you can do it. You can overcome. You can accomplish. You can be a force for good in the world. You can impact the lives of those that are around you. But you've got to make sure that all of your efforts are clothed in the power of Jesus Christ if you want them to succeed. So when Jesus saw that they were realizing that they could not do anything about the situation on their own, he said to them, bring the fish and the loaves to me. Bring them to me. Jesus does accept what we have to offer, and he does great things with little things. Don't worry about your limited capacity. Just bring it to Jesus because he does great things with little things. He took Moses' rod and shook the foundations of Egypt. He took Samson and a donkey's jawbone and slew a thousand enemies of his people. He took the widow's handful of meal and a little oil and he sustained her and her son throughout the famine. He took a small cloud and watered a whole nation. He takes mustard seed faith and he moves mountains. He accepts us even though what we have to offer is little and small in comparison to the challenge. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. Not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty and the base things and the things that are despised and the things which are not that God has chosen to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. If you're down to nothing, you're just right for God. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, if you're down to nothing, you're just right for God. God can do more with nothing than you can do with all of the resources in the world. He came, he came out of nowhere because there was nowhere for him to come from. He stepped out on nothing because there was nothing for him to stand on. He spoke to nothing because there was nothing for him to speak to. And he said, let there be. And sun started shining and moon started glowing and birds started flying and trees started growing and oceans started being filled with life. He can do more with nothing than we can do with all the stuff that we might try to have. God loves to work with little things, small things, and they brought to him that little two fish and five rolls. That's all they had to bring him. Whatever you have, 
You'd better bring it to Jesus. They brought what they had to Jesus. Listen, bring what you have, put it in the master's hands. Little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. Oh, I wish I had a praying church in here today. <laughs> they brought the five rolls and the two fish to Jesus. He looked up toward heaven and blessed the, the loaves and blessed the fish and then began to break it and give it to the disciples. And the disciples in turn gave it to the multitude. The multitude was what it was all about. The multitude was the objective. The disciples were the means. They were the instrument. They were the channel. Jesus was the source. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is the source. Every good and perfect gift comes down from God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. All that we are, God made it. All that we have, God gave it to us. And if God has given you anything, God says it's for others. It's not just for you. It's for my work. It's for my glory. It's that others might be blessed. How many of you are blessed in here today? How many of you know the Lord has been good to you? Oh, you ought to praise him for his grace. Praise him for his goodness. Glorify God. Oh, not be wrapped up in it by yourself. You ought to be willing to praise God and bless others and lift others and encourage others and say, Lord, this that you gave to me, what do you want to do with it? Where shall I place it? How shall I invest it? God, what is your will for me and that that you've placed in my hand? There was another man in Luke 12 and 15. Jesus talked about him and said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the thing that he possesses. And in verse 16 of Luke 12, he said, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now, that his ground yielded plentifully was just a blessing of the Lord. God that sends rain. It was a blessing uh, of the people who labored with him, his workers and his employees, tilled the ground and cultivated the soil and harvested the crop. He did not do it by himself. Look at your name and say, you did not do it by yourself. But this man spoke as if he'd done it all by himself. The Bible says he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? I have no room to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater barns, and there will I store all my crops, all my goods, and I will say to my soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But that very night, after he finished that long conversation with himself, God said, hey, fool. This night your soul will be required of you. And then whose shall these things be? I've never seen a, a, a U-Haul trailer behind a hearse yet. You didn't get it. I said, I've never seen a U-Haul trailer behind a hearse. Nobody gets to take everything with them. They've got to leave it all behind. You're not going to take anything with you. You're going to leave here by yourself. 
And so while you're here, you ought to give glory for what God has done. You ought to praise God for what he's placed in your life. And you ought to say, Lord, use this so that I can send up my treasure into heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt and where thieves don't break through and steal. Come on, give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. The first thing the disciples had to learn was you cannot take your little basket over in a corner and eat from it by yourself. You are blessed to bless the work of the Lord. Each one of the disciples would come to Jesus with an empty basket, and he would fill their basket up. But the full basket was not for the individual disciple. The full basket was so the disciple could go to the multitude and feed the multitude, not for yourself. What God has done in your life is not for you by yourself, but it's that others might be blessed, that others might be provided for God. Whatever I can do to help somebody, if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or with a song, if I can show somebody that he's traveling wrong, then my living has not been in vain. God, help me to help somebody. Help me to lift somebody. Help me to be a blessing to somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't take your basket over into a corner and try to eat from it all by yourself. God bless me and my wife, my son John and his wife, us four, and no more. Amen. Some people pray that prayer, but God does not bless that prayer. The only license that enabled them to come back to Jesus to get another basket was the fact that they had gone out and emptied the first basket out blessing somebody else. Don't come back asking God for this, that, or the other if you've misused what God gave you in the first place. But let me tell you this. As you bless others, you will also be blessed. God blesses you when you lift someone else. God blesses you when you encourage someone else. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall men get... Somebody ought to start shouting right now. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. How many of you know God can do it? Hmm. Everything that was in their basket, they had access to. As they were going to and fro, they were reaching in, getting pieces of fish and pieces of bread. Their stomachs, by the time they got through passing stuff out, their stomachs were looking like this. Because you get to participate in the blessing that God sends through you. They were blessed as they blessed others. And you know what? You need to realize that when they got through, when they finished, they had 12 baskets full left over. One for each of the 12 disciples. They started out with two fish and five rolls, not enough for even one of them. It was just a little boy's lunch. But when they passed it out and when they became channels, when they passed out what Jesus had placed into their hands, they had baskets full left over for themselves. I said they had baskets full left over for themselves. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, the Lord has a basket full blessing in store for you.
Praise God if you believe it. Praise God if you feel it. Praise God if you accept it. Hallelujah. When God, when God gets through with you, it'll be more than you were when you started. It'll be more than you had when you started. God knows how to replenish our supply. I said God knows how to replenish our supply. Hallelujah. I've learned that when I bless other folk, God blesses me. Time and time again, I've been moved and impressed to do an act of generosity, an act of liberality. And when I do it, God never fails me. He comes in and gives me more than I gave in the first place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm about ready to stop. I, I, I'm going to close. Uh, but, but the Lord blesses me sometimes in automobiles. I, I get automobile blessings. I'll never forget years ago. I was sacrificing and giving and sharing in the work of the Lord and, 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 and uh, kind of depriving my family of some things. And I was driving uh, old cars and, and, and just trying to make it. And, and one day, Torian Black, who was one of the stars of Hill Street Blues years ago, came by my house in a long stretch limousine. And he said, I'm going to take you to church today. You and Sister Blake, come on out. And we went out and got in the limousine. And he said, now, this is the sixth beverage by all non-alcoholic beverages, and he said, this is the, uh, the, the, the high stereophonic sound system, and this is the videotape system, and, and this is a DeBrian stretch limousine custom made, and I had it custom made for you. And, and I, I was so intimidated by that big limousine, I was afraid to ride in the thing. I, but, but I enjoyed it for a little while and let guests and others uh, ride in it, and then after that, about 15 years later on, I challenged West Angeles Church that if you all will build the church, then I'll get a new car. But until you build a new church, I'm not going to get a new car. And my car was 12 years old when I said that. And the car was 18 years old before the church was complete. So finally, we completed the church. And uh, almost miraculously, I was at the mayor's house for a dinner. And, and, and uh, the owner uh, of Galpin Ford, uh, came and sat down at the table and he said, Bishop Blake, I'm going to give you a new car. I've been thinking about you for a year, but uh, I I'm going to give you a new car. I'm going to call you in a few days. I said, well, if you had come to me earlier, I could not have accepted uh, the new car, but now we've finished my church. Uh, and, and I said that after we finished the church, I would get a new car. He said, I'll call you in a few days. He called me in a few days. He said, what kind of car do you want? Uh, I said, I want a Lincoln Town car black. He said, come on out and get it. I went out and got the Lincoln Town car without paying one penny, drove out and drove it for the next several months. About six months later, he called me up again and said, hey, Bishop, how's that car doing? I said, it's doing good. He said, well, bring it in. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you another one, a new one. I'll sell the old one as a demo. I brought it in, got out, uh, another Lincoln Town car, drove on about my business, drove it for six months. He called me about six months later, said, bring it in. I'll give you another one. Uh, that was in 2001. I've gotten a new Lincoln every six months since the year 2001. Because I drove that old 18-year-old. Don't hate, duplicate.
many of you know the Lord is good? His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. As a matter of fact, the one I drove here today has 5,600 miles on it. I'm overdue for a new car. I, I got to call him next week. Go out to Galpin Ford, and I'm going to do it again. I upgraded from a town car to a navigator. Uh, is that all right? Now, don't get jealous of me. Don't, don't get jealous. Don't, don't, don't get jealous. Don't hate. You just love the Lord and serve the Lord, and the Lord will bless you like the Lord blessed me. Well, there's something else I want to say. You know, the disciples had to keep on going back to Jesus. Tell your neighbor, you got to keep on going back to Jesus. Would have been a foolish disciple that would have gotten his basket full and then went out and started passing food out. And when the basket was empty, continued to act as if he was passing food out and distributing it when he really didn't have anything in the basket. There are so many folk who are trying to serve God with empty baskets. You're just going through the motions, no power, no anointing, no might. Your basket is empty. What you need to do is go back to Jesus and fall down on your knees and say, number one, Number one, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you've already done. I want to thank you for what you provided for me. I want to thank you that you gave to me in the first place. I want to thank you for your goodness and for your grace. I want to thank you because you've been good to me. Is there anybody here who can thank the Lord and praise the Lord and glorify the Lord? Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you. Whatever I've got, you gave it to me. Thank you. You've been so good. You've been so good. I praise you. I glorify you. I thank you. But not only do you go back to, to thank him, you go back to get filled again. Lord, my basket is empty. Fill it up again. Bless me again. Revive me again. Fill me again. Renew me again. Lift up your hand and say, again. Some folk never go back, but you ought to go back in prayer. Go back in travail. Go back in waiting and say like Jacob, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. Will you hold up your hand and say, Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. Hallelujah. 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 Stand up and praise him, everybody. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're not going to be able to make it without the power of the Lord, without the anointing of God. And so, child of God, keep on going back. Keep on going to Jesus. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the helper. And if you go to Jesus, he said, I will not send him away fasting. I will not send him away without a blessing. I will not send him away from me. I'll bless them. 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 Hallelujah. Clap your hands and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless your people. 
Anoint your people. Provide for your people. Make them fruitful and beneficial. Bless them so that they can bless others, so that they can be more blessed than ever before. The secret of it is being useful to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Child of God, this is breakthrough day for somebody. Somebody in this house has been waiting on your miracle, on your blessing, and somehow you've not broken through into that that you know God wants to do in your life. You've been obeying him, serving him, praising him, investing in his work. But God has seen everything that you have done. And the Lord said, now is time for your miracle. Now is time for your breakthrough. Now is time for your blessing. Would you help me praise God? Would you help me praise God? Someone in the room needs to give Jesus Christ your life. You need to accept him as Lord and Savior. In these true short words, I placed my finger on the key to blessing, success, victory, and miracles in your life. A life lived apart from God will be a fruitless, vain, and unsuccessful life. But a life lived according to the will of God is a life that will bring blessing and success not only in this world, but also in the world that is to come. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. You need to put your hand into the hand of the Lord. You need to know that if Jesus could rise from the dead, there's nothing that he cannot do in a life yielded to him. And yes, he arose from the dead. The disciples who saw him alive after death went to their own graves proclaiming, we saw what we saw. He did what we say he did. He was the son of God. He is the son of God. And he has arisen from the dead. Their witness, their testimony is before you now. And the Lord would have you to give your life to him and entrust your life into the one who rose from the dead as your Lord and as your Savior. He is the Son of God. I want to pray for somebody, and I will pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. Your life can be changed. Right where you are, your sins can be forgiven. Right where you are, Jesus Christ can come into your life. He wants to use you for something great as a channel of blessing. And so if you would say, preacher, I need that. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be sure that things are well between me and the Lord. I want to be sure that Jesus Christ is in my life. I want to be sure that when I pass from this earth, I will go into eternity with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to bless the world. I don't want my life to be wasted and meaningless 
I want my life to have purpose and meaning. I want Jesus to be in my heart and to give me that abundant life. If that's you, I'll pray for you right where you are. Right where you are, your sins can be forgiven. You can be saved. Jesus can become your Lord and your Savior. Right where you are, every sin can be lifted from your shoulders. And you can walk in the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of Almighty God. He said, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. You shall be saved today. Every sin you've ever committed shall be forgiven in the name of Jesus. I will know you desire prayer. Everybody standing, please. I will know you desire prayer by the raising of your hand. And I'll pray for you right where you are. If you're here and you would say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. Lift that hand and hold it high. Lift it. Lift it in the name of Jesus. Lift it. Preacher, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Pray for me. I want to be saved. I need a change. If you know you need a change, lift that hand. Lift that hand. I want to pray for you. If that's you, lift it high. See those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Anybody in this section, lift that hand, please. The Lord is speaking to you, to you, and to you. Lift those hands. In the balcony, the Lord is speaking. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I pray for everyone who has lifted their hand, and even for those who should have lifted their hands but did not do so. I pray that you, by your power, dear Lord, will go to work in their lives. The devil has tried to destroy them, to confuse them, to divert them from their destiny. But dear God, you're in charge of their lives and you've turned their minds and their hearts toward you. Thank you, dear Lord, that you've had mercy on them because we can't even repent or turn toward you without your help. And so it is you that has drawn them to yourself. And if you draw, you will save. If you call, you will conserve and help and lift and transform. Thank you, dear Lord, for drawing them to yourself in the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, come into their hearts, into their lives. Let them never be the same again. Pray this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I truly want to be saved. I want to give my life to you. I believe that Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I give my life to you. I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I have new life. Let's worship the Lord and praise him. Everybody give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory, 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 glory. Give him glory. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your hand again. If you lifted your hand a moment ago, lift it again. Lift it again. I want to say a word to you. I want to shake your hand. I want to know your name. I want your name on my prayer list this week. I want to pray for you. I want to write you a letter of encouragement, encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. 
I want to give you literature that you can read in the privacy of your own home. I want to celebrate this most important moment in all of your eternity, the moment that Jesus takes your place and you go to heaven and do the will of God and the work of God because of what he has done on your behalf. I want to celebrate your destiny in Christ Jesus. So if you lifted your hand, please step into the aisle, rush down to the altar. I want to shake your hand, minister to you. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, child of God. Come forward. Clap your hands and praise God for them as they come. your hands and praise God as they come. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Began to praise God and glorify God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Those of you who can remember when the Lord saved you, began to praise him. When you can remember your sins that were forgiven, praise him. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Thank the Lord. Here they come. Here they come. Praise God for them. Praise God for them. Praise God for them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory. 